Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If I had to guess, if I didn't know anything about you and I knew that you worked in a high school, honestly, like geometry. Really? Geometry? I feel so... I mean, the gym teacher is way cooler than me. Really? Oh, 100%. Maybe it's just that you don't look like any of the gym teachers I ever had because they were like elderly men who were very interested in World War II. Oh. Not like in a German way, but in a way where they had model tanks, which I don't like. Yeah, that's a certain kind of species of man. Because one of them also was the uh, history teacher. And we watched the movie Patton five times in one year. Wow. I can't I look at George watched... C. Scott anymore. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched Patton once, so I feel bad. I, I don't I recommend like... it. Um, we are not here to talk about <laughs> m- the public education that I received <laughs> or World War II or any of those uh, tragedies. We are here to talk about something else. Kelly Dunham, do you know what we're here to talk about? Are we here to talk about cats? Cats. Let's talk about cats. This is, of course, another episode of Let's Talk About Cats, and I'm noted cat lady Mary Philip Sandy. My guest is a writer, a storyteller, a registered nurse, a comedian, and uh, you have a new album coming out in February of 2020 called Not the Gym Teacher. I'm referring, of course, to Kelly Dunham. Kelly, thank you for being here. I'm so excited. I've never been on a cat podcast before. Well, listen, it doesn't hurt a bit, I promise. Um, And we're going to learn a lot more about your cat, Lulu, later in the show. But let's get started with Lulu's five-word memoir. Loves Cheryl, cuddles Kelly grudgingly. Grudgingly. Okay. Kelly, it's time for the cat quiz. So much pressure. Actually, there is, because um, there is a prize at stake. It's a really good prize, I will say. Uh, I don't know is not an okay answer. You have to give me an answer. There's no time limit, but you do have to answer quickly. Do you understand? Got it. All right, so today's cat quiz, Kelly Dunham, how much do you know about cats and Catholicism? Ooh, Are you ready? This very exciting. I'm super excited. Nobody's ever asked me a question about cats and Catholicism Th- This is ever. like the sweet spot for me, weirdly, um, <laughs> as a, a fellow experiencer of Catholicism and a cat person. Here we go. Question number one. Gertrude of Nivelles is known as the patron saint of cats. That is not an official church designation, but cat lovers in modern times made the connection because Gertrude was historically invoked against what? Rats. Correct. Rats and mice. Question number two. A Catholic boys choir from France had a viral hit with a video in which they did what on stage? Catwalked. Oh, that would have been cool. No, they meowed. They meowed. But it was an actual composition, a piece of music called Humorous Duet for Two Cats, written in 1825. Weren't people just trying not to die of tuberculosis in 1825? They had time to write songs by cats? You gotta have something to laugh at. Yeah. Okay, question number three. True or false? The Bible contains just four references to cats. True. False. How many references to cats are there? None. And that's how you know that it is not the infallible word of God. Okay. Question number four. (laughs) 
which cat-loving pope authorized a children's book about his life as told by a cat? Pope John Paul II. Slightly less good pope. It was Pope Benedict Ooh. Joseph Ratzinger. Yep. Mm. And the book was titled Joseph and Chico, A Pope's Life as Told by a Cat. Wow. I know. Final question. You're doing great, Kelly Denham. In the 14th century, nuns at a French convent experienced an outbreak of mass hysteria that caused them to do what all day? Laugh hysterically. This is a cat quiz. Meow, meow, hysterically. (laughs) Yes, that's right. They meowed all day. They also purred, and the hysteria came to an end when local soldiers were brought in to whip them until they stopped. Kelly Dunham, you win the cat quiz. I guess I only had to get one of you right to win. It's complicated. All right. Please tell the people what I am handing you right now. Stained glass, as if it were removed from a church with a picture of a cat on it. And also the cat has some attitude. cat's like, "Mm, I don't think so, Jesus. And I should specify, I did not remove that from a church. I bought it from Etsy. It was made for me. I didn't commit any sort of sacrilege or crime. It would have made it even better if you had removed it from a church. But Etsy's pretty good, too. Etsy's pretty good. You know, I actually looked for, like, examples of stained glass cat art in existing cathedrals, and I couldn't find any. And I think this goes back to the fact that, like, there's no Bible stories about cats. But so this artist on Etsy is trying to rectify that, which I think is beautiful. Good job, artist on Etsy. See, this is beautiful. So it is now time for a segment that we call the Hot Topic Debate. And I'm not ready to let go of the Catholicism thing yet because it is so rare for me to find someone who can joke about it with me in the way that I am accustomed to doing with my cousins. Okay, today's Hot Topic Debate question. Is scooping litter an appropriate form of penance? For our sins. I feel like that's not fair to the cats, right? Because we bring cats inside. So therefore, it's not a penance. It's not a punishment. It is literally just doing the very least we can do for a being that becomes dependent on us. Yeah. Well, I will say this about penance. And again, I, I had a great privilege of having a very positive experience with Catholicism throughout my life, which I know nobody ever believes me when I say this, but it was true. I was taught by Ursulines and then Jesuits. Hmm. Uh, so my understanding of Catholicism had a lot to do with service to others. And that actually was built into my understanding of penance, right? There's the mm. repenting part and and asking forgiveness for anything you've done wrong. But then there's also the sort of doing something not as a punishment, but as a way of putting something good into the world. And as someone who hates scooping litter, I often think to myself of something my mom used to say, offer it up, right? Oh, yes. The nuns do. Yeah, offer it up. My mom was also taught by nuns. This goes way back. This is very deep. But it's true. I hate the task, but I know, like you were saying, it's good for my cat, Grendel, who I love almost more than anything, and it makes her world better when I scoop the litter box. Um, Do I still try to make my husband do it most days? Yeah, absolutely. But when I do it, I think to myself, I'm offering this up. I'm offering this up for a better world. For a better world. And so if we think of penance in that way. In that way, absolutely. What else could it be? Right. And so maybe, um, I don't know if any priests are listening to the show, but, you know, next time someone comes to confession, maybe instead of five acts of contrition, a dozen Hail Marys, you just say, hey, do any of your neighbors have a cat? Yeah, and then maybe provide the scooper so people yeah. just go. Maybe, you know, nuns are always trying to make money in convents these days. They make jam, they make crafts, but maybe they should be manufacturing litter scoopers. I think that's an excellent idea. Okay, great. Well, I'm so yeah. glad that we have solved these problems here today. <laughs> Let's talk about cats and boredom. It's true. Cats, just like people, can get bored. 
especially if they live indoors, they don't get a lot of physical activity, maybe they spend their time alone when you're at work or at school. And just like people, cats who don't get enough physical and mental stimulation are at higher risk for diabetes, depression, lethargy, problematic behaviors like peeing on stuff and destroying furniture. Keeping your cat mentally engaged and physically active is easy with Cat Amazing's interactive treat hunt puzzles and modular condos. I've had their sliders puzzle at home for a few weeks now. It comes with additional inner levels so you can customize it, give your cat new challenges. Grendel loves this thing. I just added a new level the other day. You know, I got to keep her on her toes. It's very simple. You drop a few of your cat's favorite treats or toys into the puzzle and let them at it. So listen, if you want to spice up your cat's life while helping them stay healthy and happy, go to catamazing.com slash cat talk to get 15% off their award-winning puzzles. That's catamazing.com slash cat talk. Kelly, it's now time for my favorite part of the show. The real reason we are here, let's talk about your cat, Lulu. And we should say for the record that Lulu is not with us on this earth right now. No, she passed in December. She passed in December. Okay. How did you and Lulu meet? So Lulu belonged to, or Lulu was the cat companion of, um, my partner Cheryl when I met Cheryl. Cheryl and I lived separately, and so I was a frequent guest to Cheryl's apartment. And at first, Lulu was kind of extremely standoffish. Um, And then she kind of, we became very good friends. In fact, she would run to the door to meet me. She would ignore me like it was her job. On Saturday mornings when I was at Cheryl's apartment and she was teaching in the city, Lulu wanted nothing to do with me when Cheryl was not in the apartment. Oh, I see. So like as an accessory to Cheryl, you were fine. On your own, not so much. Right. Um, Had you ever dated a cat person before? I mean... I'm a queer woman, right? Or whatever I am. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I don't think I've ever dated anyone who did not have... I mean, dating is maybe overstating some of what I was doing. (laughs) Okay, we don't need to get into definitions. (laughs) Listen, it's all... It can be very vague, right? Um, Like, my current girlfriend actually has a cat who I very much look forward to seeing. I don't think he likes me. But I I enjoy seeing him. It's... It brings joy to me. Did you have to do anything specific to win Lulu over as you were wooing Cheryl? Did you have to woo her cat? The most important thing is to not make a lot of sudden moves. I feel like that was very important for Lulu. And Lulu is a very strange cat in that she was afraid of everything. Like, she was afraid of you turning a page in the book. Like, actually, when Lulu then later became my cat, I switched to Kindle just for Lulu. Yes, (laughs) I was a, a cat adopter of Kindle because turning pages in... Uh, bed just so frightened her. So she's like frightened of everything. But when there was like a big, huge thunderstorm, she would sit in the window and just watch it. Just watch the lightning and the pouring and the that was kind of her thing. So she was kind of an interesting cat in that way. Yeah. Um, Was there a moment when you knew that you had been accepted by Lulu? Um, Yes. So (laughs) Cher was already in bed and I was sitting in the living room and we were actually IMing uh, in a very... Wait, wait, wait. Back it up. You were IMing. I was not with a cat, with Cheryl. Yeah, okay. And uh, then Cheryl was like, come on, come to bed. And then the cat came out to get me. So I felt like, oh, she needs us to be like a family all together, you know. And so then we were kind of, we would cuddle in a sea. You know, it was like me on the outside and then Cheryl and then Lulu on the very inside. So she was the littlest spoon. She was the littlest spoon. Yeah, (laughs) the most ornery spoon. (laughs) Um, And then when Cheryl got sick... Which you've written about. I mean, do you want to do you want to just tell people about how your relationship with Cheryl changed when she was diagnosed with uh, leukemia? Oh, sorry, lymphoma. Lymphoma, Hodgkin's lymphoma, which seemed like it 
85% of people who have Hodgkin's lymphoma are actually cured, like have no recurrence. It's a very, but that winter when Cheryl was on chemo, like I just moved into Cheryl's apartment and we just like kind of hosted all of Queer Brooklyn in our house. And Lulu loved those days because we just never left the house. You know, I was working from home and and uh, Cheryl was sick a lot of the time, but we were all just kind of like huddled down and people just came in and out. And um like, I have to say, that's like the happiest time of Lulu's life because there was constantly people petting her, but nobody making a lot of noise. You know, uh, we kind of kept it quiet. Um, so it seemed like she was going to get better, but that, in fact, she uh, developed uh, pulmonary uh, fibrosis in reaction to the chemo that she'd been given. Um, so Cheryl moved into the hospital, and I moved into the hospital with her, and I would come home on Friday afternoons and, you know, other people were in and out taking care of Lulu, but I would come home and pet her and, you know, just like pay attention to her. And uh, it just felt like this very like, okay, Cheryl's coming home. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Um, and then, in fact, Cheryl didn't ever come home. She um, she died in the hospital and coming home that night to Lulu, she was just like, what happened to the one I liked, you know? <laughs> so the moments of, like of first going back into bed with like, being the outside of the spoon and then Lulu being the little spoon and the middle spoon being missing was, it was very comforting to have Lulu there and also really, really terrible. Yeah. You know, it was both. Did you feel responsible for Lulu Oh my God, time? I felt so responsible. I mean, so many of my Facebook, when you, you know, when Facebook reminds you, hey, here's something horrible that happened 10 years ago. I, so many of my posts were like, how do I know if Lulu is okay? How is, is Lulu okay? So I moved back into actually the apartment I'd previously been living in. And then there was like a dog there and Lulu just like only wanted to be in the room with me and she would like hide underneath the bed. I was just so like worried that she just was not getting what she needed. And um, everyone who knew Cheryl for a long time was like, Lulu never liked people in general. Like, it's not, this is not something very different for Lulu, you know. She seemed happy for Lulu, you know. Like, she would still come running when a video with Cheryl's voice. Of course. Yeah. So... So I did so much Googling about, like, how do you have, uh, when cats are traumatized, what do you do about them? You know, how can you help them? Um, And, like, it turns out a lot of, I guess any cat person would know this, or any pet person, (laughs) that a lot of how cats end up in shelters, or, you know, is people die. Mm -hmm. You know, that's such a common. Yeah. And so I felt very much like, okay, this nothing bad is going to happen to this fucking cat. You know, like, I'm going to make sure that she is okay. And she, you know, she was a very... (laughs) She had a very, she was very insistent. Like, if you were sitting down, she had to be on sitting on top of you. You know, she was a very, like, super cuddly and also just, like, a fierce warrior cat. Like, I was like, okay, you are a wild, you are just this far from a wild animal. So she had that side that was very much like Cheryl. And she also was, like, super cuddly. Like, she would, from the moment I got home, she had to be on top of me at all times. Was that for her or for you, do you think? I have no idea. I mean, you know, I had five knee surgeries uh, in the past, whatever, seven years. And, uh... The first thing I did when I would come home, she would come home and then, like, sit on my knee, on my operative knee, always, you know. There's this whole theory that cat purrs help with bone healing. They do. I've heard that, yeah. As well as pain relief. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just having Lulu there, it also meant I had to move slower. You know what I mean? It uh, was very... I was so grateful for her, you know, so great. I mean, it was always, especially at the beginning, very painful, but it was... I was so grateful for her. I feel like very, like, when I went to... um, have Lulu put down I felt very much like okay I did all right by this cat you know like I did I did right by this cat you did yeah you did and that matters 
You're a registered nurse, and you've you've done work in the healthcare field for a long time. You've written books. You've you know you work currently in in the health field in a high school. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you've done a lot of caretaking, especially having lost Cheryl and your previous partner to to cancer um, at stupidly young ages. Um, I always wonder this: who takes care of the caregiver? Right? Is that <laughs> something you think about? Uh, one of the things that I really learned from Heather, my first partner passed away. Like uh, when she was dying, she made me promise to just accept help from whoever offered it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and you know, somebody's dying, you just have to. Okay, all right, whatever, whatever weird thing you ask. Okay, I'll say yes. You're gonna be dead. I can do whatever I want. But, but you know, it does feel like a promise you're supposed to honor. And that actually really helped me because I felt like I had to, you know, and I also felt so broken after that. And there are some things, even though you would think like, oh, well, when you lose your second partner in five years, like you might be kind of more devastated. And I definitely was. But also I knew not to make the same mistakes. Like I let people support me. I let people help me. I immediately got involved in a grief group like that actually made it so I didn't have kind of not just the terrible wound of grief, but kind of the secondary bacterial infection of like also not taking care of myself or not having what I needed. So, Yeah, and this is something we've talked a lot about on on this show in sort of weird ways. People who've had to learn through their cats how to accept help or how to let another creature love them in a certain unconditional way or a certain affectionate way that maybe they would resist in other mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I always think it's interesting when I meet people who have such a caring spirit as you do and then are like, well, I'm not really a cat person. <laughs> and I always think, mm, you could be. You're just you're just a whisker away, really. Right. Do you think you would ever share your life with a cat again? I mean, I'm not home a ton, but I've kind of felt like, oh, there's going to be a time. You know, like when I, I do go um, work sometimes at the cat cafe, I'm and, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. You do what now? Like I go like when I have work to do, uh-huh. um, like when I have like working on my website or doing writing, I'll often go do it at the cat cafe. Uh-huh. Um, you know, one of these guys, like I just feel like at one point, at one point, maybe I will be. Um, I mean, it's not really. <laughs> I just have to say that, like, you know, um, the two dead partners, that was definitely terrible. You know, the five botched knee replacements, that was terrible also. But losing Lulu, like, I was like, oh, this is going to be the thing that fucking takes me out. Yeah. Like, because she was, like, right there at every moment, you mm-hmm. know. So I feel like it might be a while before I'm ready. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, how you don't want to date right after you a breakup because you'll just make bad choices. You mentioned being away from home a lot. Obviously, you, you perform comedy. Uh, you've performed in lots of places that I would expect to find comedy, like universities and fringe festivals, but uh, also at nursing conferences and a livestock auction. Is that true or is that a joke? No, I did. I emceed a livestock auction. That was a little bit of a a mistake in booking, but uh, I was okay at it. How, uh, how does one accidentally <laughs> book a, a former nun comic at a livestock, livestock auction? auction? So uh, the person who was booking me uh, thought that they were getting, like, an auctioneer um, <laughs> through this, you know, I was using this uh, agent for a while, like, that just did alternative stuff. It did not seem weird to me that I was booked at a livestock auction. So I guess they were thinking that I would have caught that mistake, but I thought it was fine. So um, do you have any cat stories from the road? So this new CD that I just recorded, um, the first 20 minutes are about cats. 
Are you serious? <laughs> yes. This is perfect timing. I didn't even know that when we booked you on this show. Oh, yeah. The first 20 minutes are about this show that I did called Cat Talks, Ideas Worth Shedding. It was a parody of a TED Talk. Okay. I'm listening. But basically, I thought that I would turn into a cat as part of this TED Talk. Um, that was like part of the joke of it. People did not understand that I was turning into a cat. Oh. And it was extremely awkward. And then also I talk about Cheryl. And I dated like a year after um, after Cheryl died. And Lulu like would just meet people at the door like, um, which made people really uncomfortable. And, you know, mm. I'd just try and be like, oh, that's just my dead partner's cat. And, you know, and, and like the more casually you say that, the actually the more worried they become. So, um, like, I talk about all that. But then, so there is a lot of making, like, a loud meowing cat sound as part of, and all the workout shows I did in people's homes. Um, we did them as, like, fundraisers for progressive causes. Oh, very cool. Um, so, but the problem is I was, like, performing at Queer's Home, so all of them had cats. So I'd have to be, like, sometimes I'd have to do just, like, the silent meowing if they had. Because, you know, we do, like, our medically complicated cats. So, you know, yes, somebody has a cat with a seizure disorder or, you know. I don't want to cause undue stress to their um, depressed cat. Once again, folks, that's not the gym teacher available <laughs> February 7th. Uh, yeah, February, February 7th, 7th, 2020. Yeah. So mark your calendars, place your pre-orders. We're going to all want to hear this. People like to talk about things that are good for comedy and bad for comedy, which I think is super hilarious. Um, are cats good for comedy or bad for comedy? Like, are they bad for making comedy? I don't know. I'm just asking. This is what people do on Twitter. I'm just trying to be cool. <laughs> I think cats are hysterical. I would love to do... An all-cat comedy CD. Now, would this be cats performing comedy? <laughs> That'd be hilarious, though. There is somebody that I found on YouTube, actually, this morning. Uh, it's just somebody with a cat. They set up a microphone in front of their cat, and then they're doing the comedy, which is hilarious. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah, I'm surprised there's not more of that. Maybe it's hard to get cats to sit in front of a it, microphone. It is, yes, yeah. having tried myself on a number of occasions <laughs> that I don't wish to discuss. Yes. Um, I mean, I feel like tuna fish on the... Tuna on the mic. Would work. That's yeah, be but the then there's going to be... A, Cat tuna comedy club, mic. tuna on the mic. <laughs> um, so I would actually love to do an all cat comedy CD and then just tour it around cat cafes. I feel like that would I, be fantastic. I love this. And please let us know how Let's Talk About Cats can support <laughs> this. We'll sign. We are your first sponsor. I don't know. Whatever. We're in. We're well, in. It would be We're tremendous, all... right? To like meet other cat people and like laugh with them. Why and... do you think I do this show? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of comedy, you are very prolific. I was going back over your website in preparation for this show. You've written so several books. You've made several comedy records. You've performed. You've toured. You've done all of this. You've also had day jobs. And you've done all of that even through times of grief. Uh, and I, I wrote this question down this way, so I'm going to ask it this way. Is creativity your cat? By which I guess I mean, is creativity a thing that comforts you and keeps you going? I felt like when I went to my grief support groups, People who didn't have comedy, I felt like it made it, their lives a little bit harder, right? Because everything, every dumb thing that somebody says to me, every um, extra hard situation, every humiliating situation, like where you have a show where you become a cat, but people don't realize that, it's all fodder, right? It all makes comedy. And so I'm like not one of those people who are like, oh, just find the meaning and it'll be okay. Because you find the meaning and it still hurts like hell, right? But kind of applying the creativity and having a product of it is something that's very consoling to me. And it's also consoling when kind of nothing else is, mm. which is, um, I'm very, very grateful for that. I'm very grateful. Um, and I'm very grateful that I've had a career where I could kind of, 
you know, when I first started like performing all this comedy about death and my dead partners and all like people were like, I don't know if this is going to work. But uh, I feel really grateful that I've been able to include those things. So I feel like, you know, comedy isn't just for talking about hotel soap and how small and airline food. I feel like I feel like it's to talk about these like hard things like losing your pet or like losing your partner or and there are people who do not understand the loss of a partner. Like they just don't understand like Maybe they don't have somebody queer close to them or whatever, mm-hmm. but they do understand, like, the being left with my dead partner's cat, that they understand. They understand why that is heart-wrenching. Interesting. Um, which is, that's actually been a really good, um, like, I had an XO Jane article about about losing two partners, and then I did another one about Lulu. The one about Lulu got shared, like, 15 times more than the one about my partners. Like, people could really l- relate to that. Really? I mean, not that not that it's a race and different types of grief are different and we're not comparing them, but you would think that writing about the loss of someone you loved, a human being, would would be more instantly universal to people. I think that the two dead partners is a little much for people that sometimes. Is a lot. Yes. They're like, oh, a lot. oh, you know, like they don't know what to say. They're like, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, you know, people freeze. Um, and as I get more, as I can... Um, get looser with it like because you know sometimes you need to tell that story and you're just like okay well there's two dead partners blah blah blah. you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. you just need to go on with it Um, and as I get more comfortable with it I think other people do or I don't care if they're uncomfortable that's the other thing yeah (laughs) yep Mm -hmm. yeah Um, but I think that there is something about having you know an animal that's kind of defenseless and having that kind of like shared that vulnerability with her and like trying to take care of her I think that that also was more relatable because most people haven't lost two partners to cancer, both at age 38. You know, like that's not a super common experience. No, it's not. It's really (laughs) not. And that's probably a good thing. (laughs) Yes, yes. I'm grateful for that. I had a friend who was an epidemiologist and I was like, could you figure out what the statistical likelihood of this is like one in whatever? And she started to figure it out. And she's like, Kelly, I don't think it's going to be helpful for you to know this number. (laughs) (laughs) See, I told you you'd be a math teacher or something. It's that logic. It's the logic. But no, I totally get that impulse. But yeah, I can see how that wouldn't really do any good for you. uh, Right, right. Like, because then it's hard not to take it personally then. Right. When you found yourself alone with Lulu, um, did, was there a learning curve in in terms of taking care of a cat by yourself? I mean, I was familiar with cats from, you know, like when I lived in Philadelphia, I had a cat on the boat, you know. Um, I'm sorry, can we talk about the boat for a second? You lived in Philadelphia on a boat on with a cats. On a houseboat, yeah. Oh, okay. So I did not actually expect to be living on a, a boat with cats. What happened was... Was I'd... this another livestock auction situation <laughs> where your of. agent is like... <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can either live in an apartment or a boat. Oops, uh, I chose the boat accidentally. No. Uh, so I'd always wanted to live on a houseboat. That was like, I had the Fisher-Price houseboat growing up and it's just like, was like always a childhood dream and um but I was living in an apartment with two cats um both of whom just kind of came to me like one when she was pregnant just like how street cats are like oops I'm pregnant please catch me and then my uh, accountant was doing my taxes and uh he was like I gotta get rid of my houseboat and I was like really how much you want to sell it for and he was just finished my tax refund and he was like for that much and so I just got a houseboat like just like that and so then I had to move the two cats in the houseboat but I have to say cats fucking loved the houseboat because I put a big net on top so they could like watch all the wildlife and everything all the seabirds and they were they really really I have to say were some 
boat loving cats. Wow. Yeah, it's a good life for a cat. So yeah. so when you so when you were well prepared really when you found yourself with Lulu sole caretaker. So yeah, so I felt like <clears throat> I knew the, you know, the logistics of of taking care of a, a cat. Like that didn't seem hard. I did feel very very like like very like oh should I talk to an animal psychologist you know like I didn't know I I just didn't know if I was doing right by her because I noticed if I spent too much time with her she'd be like can you go please like stop petting me now I'm just gonna go hide in the closet I actually got a bed with no underneath like I went to Ikea and got a bed that's like right on the floor because she would disappear underneath the bed so much and I just would be so worried about her I mean, I would say that the number one thing I talk to my friends about as far as worries, like way more than like, is my knee replacement going to like worried about the emotional life of my cat? I was very I felt very it felt like the last thing I could do for Cheryl. So it definitely felt like like very high stakes. Mm. Without giving uh, away too much of your personal life, if you don't care to, could you tell me a little bit about the cat who belongs to the person you're dating now? I dated the person that I'm dating now. I dated her a year after Cheryl died. And Lulu very, very strongly objected to that. Um, Also, I was not ready. Lulu knew that. I did not know that. Um, And so we only dated like eight or nine months. One of my friends had a a Trump panic wedding. Many of my friends had a Trump panic wedding, which I performed. And um, Marcy... Well, now we've said my girlfriend's name, but that's Hi, fine. Hi, It's first, first name only. Um, <laughs> she was standing up in that friend's wedding, and I looked at her across the room, and I was like, oh, she looks like my type. And then she got closer, and I saw that was Marcy. I was like, oh, yeah, she really is my type. And I had always thought, like, oh, I wish, you know, we would get our timing right because I thought we would be good together. And um, <laughs> so that actually afternoon, Marcy came home with me um, to the apartment, and Lulu was like, look, it's Marcy, like totally welcoming, like totally like jumped on her lap. It was a completely different situation. And Marcy has a cat of her own. So she has a cat named Leo. You know, he's one of those orange tabby. He's just like kind of a big dumb jock. Um, but I like him a lot. He's he's one of those like uh, kind of athletic cats that likes to run up and down the stairs like 30 times and then just come and headbutt you and then run away. Um, yeah, I went to college with that guy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, And also, many of the cats that I've met that are that kind of cat are exactly that, like, hi, how you doing? Hey, what's up? How you doing? You know? <laughs> That's basically Leo. So uh, I really, I like Leo a lot. Um, and he now is getting to the point where he is, seems somewhat happy to see me. You just got a paw bumping. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, yo, what's up, man? <laughs> you want to shoot hoops? you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Kelly, how can people find you on the internet if they would like to keep up with you and your work and buy your new comedy album that's coming out on February 7th, 2020? Some of my CD is about uh, my attending... Bible College. I've actually had some requests from LGBT groups at small Bible colleges in the Midwest. So I'm actually put all my old CDs um, on noise trade uh, so people can do a donation for whatever they want for them so that I can visit some of these Bible colleges as part of the tour. Um, so they can go to my website, which is kelidunham.com, or find me on Twitter and Instagram uh, and Facebook as well. But that's the primary way. That's awesome. And we will put links to all of those things on our website, where you will also find show notes and a full transcript for this episode. Of course, our website is letstalkaboutcats.com, and we're on social media at LTACpod. That's at L-T-A-C-P-O-D everywhere. Um, on Instagram, a lot of great pictures of Grendel, especially hashtag Grendel Friday. Um, and sign up for our newsletter. Let's talk more about cats. You can do that at our website. Thank you all so much for listening, Kelly. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story about Lulu. I really oh, enjoyed it. Thank you. I'm always glad to talk about Lulu. I'm glad you are. I am Mary. My cat is Grendel. Our producer is the patron saint of Pro Tools, Lizzie Jacobs. Our theme song is by Poingley, with additional music by the English Muffins. And our show logo is created by Julia Emiliani. I'll talk to you next time about cats. Let's talk about cats. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu.